Well, hello there, America. This is Nick the American, and this is what this is episode Steve Atwater. Which, if you are a Denver Bronco fan, you obviously know it's episode twenty-seven. The great Steve Atwater. Way to go, Steve! You made it onto my podcast. Oh goodness gracious! I always say that. I always say a lot of stupid things, and it's just over and over. And I'm trying to get better. I swear to God. But you know what thing? One thing that's not doesn't need to get better is college freaking football, baby. Holy moly! I told you the college the college game is is funner to watch than the pro game. And this past Saturday, I hey, I'm sorry I talk about my Washington Huskies because we've been in you know we're in that undefeated top five you know one out of the playoff, but we're one of the teams. I think the only team in the top five that is it just had two marquee showdowns. We had this this game with Oregon where. We outlasted Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks in an incredible game. Michael Penix was awesome. Both defenses were a little shaky, but not really. And then Washington just dumped the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, and the USC Trojans in a classic game. I really like this win for Washington because USC's back was against the wall. Lincoln Riley's back is against the wall. Alex Grinch ended up getting fired. Caleb Williams, the best player in college football, there, there, bar none. Whether he wins the, he's probably not going to win the Heisman. He is the best player. If you watched him Saturday, he is just damn good. Unfortunately, USC asks him to do everything, everything. They were running the ball like Washington. They just didn't stick to it. So Washington's got these two awesome marquee wins in prime time, and and then and then we had. We had Alabama LSU on at about the same damn time. And so we had J- Jalen Milrow versus uh, Jaden Daniels. And it was flipping awesome, too. I had to rewatch that game. Milrow, Alabama is figuring out how to use this weapon. And I called him a linebacker. I apologized. I said he wasn't a linebacker. I gave him a second look, and he's more like a safety. But he, 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 he's a good-looking kid. And Alabama is now running the football with this guy. And, and I said this a long time ago. He's the best runner in college football. Bama just needs to get out of their comfort zone, which they are. Was it Tommy Reese is their offensive coordinator, the old Notre Dame guy, I believe. But they're figuring out how to use Milrow. And dare I say that Alabama is... Uh, is, is relishing in this underdog role, and they just keep you know lining foes up and knocking them down. So it'll be very interesting. Can can you imagine for one second? And and I'm gonna get into to the college football playoff and 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 the playoff next year, which will be increased to 12 teams, which is just gonna be great. But can you imagine a scenario where Texas is the Big 12 champion? And Alabama is the SEC champion sitting there with one loss each for the maybe the final spot into the college football playoff. Can you imagine that? Texas beat Alabama in Alabama 34-24. Kind of controlled them. But you know the committee does not want a one-loss Bama team's in, right? Right? God, that. A one-loss Bama team and a one-loss Texas team. How's that going to look? Look, But college football 
is really good right now. Can you imagine what it is going to look like with 12 teams? And here, I'm gonna I'm just gonna pull up on my phone here really quick, ladies and gentlemen. Let's look. And this is on CBS Sports. I'm not sure if this is the AP poll, if this is the coaches poll. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Okay. But 12 a 12 team playoff right now. The number 12 team in the country is Missouri, who had a hell of an effort against uh, a Georgia team in Athens. Okay? The 11 team is Penn State, 10 is Old Miss, 9 is Oklahoma, 8 is Alabama, yada yada, 7 is Texas, 6 is Oregon. Then we have all the undefeateds in the top five. But the interesting, the, the reason why, now let me back up. Sorry. Like, in years past, most years in the college football playoff, we have four teams. Well, that's how it works. And it's it's always the right four teams. We can whine and go, oh, it's always the same teams. But Bama's been so dominant. Georgia's been so dominant. Clemson, a couple of years, has been so dominant. There hasn't been an upset, I would say, in the college football, the Final Four. It's been chalk. It's kind of gone to plan. Outside of, uh, outside of TCU last year dumping Michigan. And then we saw what happened to TCU against Georgia. But they've always got the right teams. And to Nick Saban's point, well, why the fuck do we need to, you know, expand the playoff? I don't, you know, I don't see any reason for that. No. The reason for it is, here's the reason. I mentioned Missouri's at number 12 and a 12-team playoff next season. Number 13 through number 25, okay, folks, you can make a case all of these teams are still alive for the 12. To get into the top 12. Some of these teams from 7 to, to 12, they're going to lose a couple games. There's three games left. Things are getting, you know, you got rivalry weekends coming up. Teams are going to drop some games, okay? But number 13 is Louisville. They're 8-1. and one. You went out, you're going to be in the new college football playoff. LSU is 6-3, and three, but they're highly regarded. So is Notre Dame. Oregon State seven and two. Tennessee, my Vols, they're seven and two. Utah's seven and two. USC could still make noise at seven and three. Tulane, ladies and gentlemen, is eight and one, and so is Air Force. All in the top twenty-five. Going twelve teams. If we were at twelve teams right now, there are twenty-five fan bases across the country that are rabid. That say just like the NCAA tournament in basketball, when we take 64 or 68 teams, everyone who's the first four in, the first four out, Jerry Palm's got his rankings or, or whoever. This is going to be ridiculously awesome. 25 fan bases across our nation are going to sit there and say, we've got a legit shot at going into the college football playoff the final 12, and making some noise. And I promise you, this year does not seem like there is... Georgia looks good defensively, offensively. They look challenged. Alabama's obviously beatable. They're obviously they're not the Bama of, uh, of the last 10 years. Not saying that they, have, they could win the national title. They could. They could. There's some vulnerabilities. Florida State, okay, they're good. Okay, that's about it. My Washington Huskies, offensively, we are dynamite. Defensively, we're shaky as shit. Guaranteed. Ohio State, 
Ohio State's offense does not look so good. They did not look good against Rutgers. A pick six. A pick six kind of maybe changed the, the direction of that football game. And then we've got Michigan, and Michigan literally has not played anybody until this weekend. The mighty Wolverines. The embattled Wolverines. Everyone wants to kill Harbaugh. Give them due process in court, as I always say. But they go to Happy Valley. They go to Happy Valley, and that place is, I don't know if it's going to be a whiteout, but it's going to be flipping crazy. That's on my bucket list, is to go up to Happy Valley and see a Penn State game. Oh, my Washington Huskies are actually in the Big Ten now, coming forward. And I believe we have a road game in Happy Valley next year. Nick, maybe you can make that bucket list thing happen. Maybe you can go to Happy Valley. So the Wolverines are going to be tested in Happy Valley, even though Penn State looked like absolute dog shit against Ohio State earlier in the year. We covered that. A 12-team playoff. My goodness, we are going to include so many fan bases. Down the stretch they come! Maybe Tulane could get in. How awesome would that be? How cool would it be for Air Force to get in? And then... As 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 this as this playoff matures, say it's three years old, it's six years old, it's nine years old, it's twelve years old. I don't know why I just did three year increment year increments, but as this college football playoff gets older, we're gonna say, remember when eleven beat two? Remember when twelve? Well, maybe not twelve beaten one. Do you, yeah, we're gonna have some fantastic games. We're gonna have some awesome upsets. It's just gonna happen with twelve teams. It will. It will. The whole NIL thing, the portal, it is it is equaling out college football maybe a little bit. Maybe we're seeing the signs of that. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just talking out my ass. But I am excited as shit to see 12 teams. Cross my fingers, my Huskies, we keep winning. I'm actually going to Husky Stadium in Montlake, the most beautiful setting in college football this weekend, to watch Utah versus Washington. It doesn't get easier for my Huskies. But uh, anyways, I thought I would bring that up. I thought it was fun to take a look at the top 25 and basically say to yourself, everybody is in the mix next year. Everybody. Which means you're going to have sold-out stadiums and just, not not that they're not now, it's just going to be a, a real treat. A real treat for sports fans. And I'm looking forward to it. So, all right. What's the next order of business? Oh, man. You want to get me fucking fired up? Son of a bitch. Joe Biden and his electability. WTF. It's an acronym for what the fuck. Okay. You guys probably knew that. Railing the Mad King, Donald Trump. In several, and I'm not going to get into this the exact swing states, but in several key swing states currently. Now, I'm not going to get into, I'm not, I'm not going to try to talk, you know, be, be a democratic strategist and talk my way. Well, you know, Democrats are upset with, with Biden right now because of his age. They don't want him to run. And that's, that's showing in the polling. Fuck that. Fuck that. We need to hit the emergency button where it, wherever, Hey, there's been a gas spill at the fucking gas station. We need we we need to turn off the pumps. We need to sound the alarms as Democrats. Okay. We're supposed listen, 
We're going to hear over and over again that this is, and you'll hear it from the Republicans, you'll hear it from the Democrats, you hear it every single, every four years in the presidential, well, this is the most important election of my lifetime. This is the most important election of our lifetime. No, no, for real now, this is the most important election of our lifetime. And so we will hear this statement from Democrats over and over again. And I look you in the face, DNC. I look you in the face, Democratic Party. If this is the most fucking important election of our lifetime, why are we putting up 80-year-old Joe Biden? Here, we've got to go win this football game, but we're, we're not going to go out with our best. We're not going to go out with our best. And that just pisses me off. If I was the head of the DNC, my job, man, it's all about talent. we got to bring it to the table. So, to see that Trump is leading in some of the polls, it's cause for serious concern. Because, listen, Republicans, you guys are, you've got this primary going on, and, and you do not want to move from Donald Trump. And, I, I, and, and that pisses me off. That really, that really bugs me. Like, what, what the fuck? You guys are supposed to be a bunch of Christian, conservative, family values, family values party. How could Donald Trump lead that party? How can he be beloved? So, what are we going to do with Joe Biden? Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, we've got to see you run. I mean it. I mean it. Wes Moore, get in the fucking mix. Roy Cooper, the governor of North Carolina. You know what happens when a Southern Democratic governor runs for president? He fucking wins. He fucking wins. Okay. Um, who else? Gavin Newsom. I've brought up Gavin Newsom a ton. Presidential elections are about excitement. Usually, the winning candidate is 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 is, is captured America. He's got the most excited base. He's got he, he brings people into the fold. Or she. We haven't had a she yet. It's about excitement. 2020, 2020 was not about excitement. The Democrats and Joe Biden were. Able to win in kind of an, an excitementless race. People were fatigued on Trump. Nobody wanted Biden. We basically, Biden won the election because Trump was so unpopular nationwide. Okay. And now we're going to double down on that non excitement ticket. We're going to fucking roll out Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Exactly what Trump wants. Exactly what he wants. I promise you. I promise you. Do you think Trump wants to debate Pete Buttigieg? Or Roy Cooper? Or Gavin Newsom? No. Hell no. I bet he won't debate. And if he doesn't debate, he'll lose. He will lose. I, I, if you put a gun to my head, I still think Biden beats him. If you put a gun to my head. But I cannot take any chances. The Democratic Party should not be able to take any chances. And this is not about Democratic values or Republican values. I just, you, you guys know me. Trump is no good for anyone. My God, he's the worst. He's the fucking worst. Joe Biden's 80 years old. I think he's going to be 81. If he gets elected president, he'll be 81 in fucking January when he gets inaugurated. Trump's 77. You know, it, it, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I've said this. If Biden's too old, then Trump is too. Republicans, wake the fuck up and start voting against him. 
God, the Mad King, Aerys Targaryen, so damn afraid to upset the Mad King. Piss on the Mad King. Let him get indicted. Let the rule of law work. Lock her up. Lock her up. Lock him up. Lock him up. Guess who, you know, voter fraud. Guess who's the one that's fucking guilty of all this shit? Aerys Targaryen. Donnie Trump. Mad King. Democrats need to get their shit together. The most important election. We're going to hear that bullshit from Democrats. And we're going to wheel out Joe Biden. I guess we don't really want to win. How bad do we want to win? Help me, Mayor Pete Kenobi. You're our only hope. Help me, Wes Moore. Help me, Gavin Newsom. Roy Cooper. If you would run, I'm telling you, Roy Cooper's unbeatable in a presidential election. Southern Democrat. Hell yes. Why, why is Joe Biden trailing? The country's not in, in an awful shape. You know, set politics aside, you know, it, the, the country's fine. Joe, Joe, Joe is not a disaster as a CEO. He's just too damn old. I know a lot of the country doesn't like Kamala Harris. She's second in line. Not a good optic for us. So, how is he trailing a guy who's got like 19 rape charges, four indictments? Is Joe, if you, Joe Biden, my kids like to show me TikToks of Joe Biden fucking up. And they're funny. And I always, you know, I'm like, isn't Trump just as bad? Listen, listen to Trump get asked a question. And then play his answer back. And you're like, this isn't even English. Biden's the same way. Biden's the same way. We cannot have this pay-per-view rematch bullshit. Nobody, wa nobody wanted this fight in the first place. And now we're going to get it a second time. Please, Democrats, I am pleading with you. I am pleading with you. We've got to primary Joe Biden. And we've got to do it soon. Joe Biden, you got a war chest. Hand it over. Hand it over. Again, sh show us what a team player looks like. Show the Republicans what a team player looks like. Because Trump is no team player. You do not want him on your team. There's no I in team. Yes, there's an I in team. If I'm on the team, there's an I. Shut up, Don. I mean, this, this is like DEFCON. Is it DEFCON 5? Is it DEFCON 1 that's bad or DEFCON 5? I think it's DEFCON 5. No, I think it's DEFCON 1. I'm going to have to look that up. See? Look it. I'm a moron. I'm a moron. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's stop top, talk. Bleh, I can't talk. Let's stop talking about Joe Biden and his electability issues and how shitty of a human Donald Trump is and how you've got to be compromised as a person if you vote for him. I'm not asking you to vote for a Democrat. Just shut up, Nick. Quit talking about it. Fuck. Pisses me off. Texas Rangers won the World Series. Anybody care? The Texas Rangers won the World Series. My goodness. Someone would have told me, hey, an ALS team is going to win the World Series this year, and it is not the Houston Astros. I might have had my own World Series party. We probably would have in Seattle. The Mariners are going to do it, baby. Well, we're, the Seattle Mariners are still the only team never to go to a World Series. We got to watch our AL West 
partners there, the Texas Rangers, win the World Series. And the Rangers have just, they went all in at the deadline, picking up multiple guys. They went all in in free agency the last two years. It didn't work out for them well last year, but they went back after it. The Texas Rangers are, you know, in terms of a Seattle Mariner fan base, which I'm a part of, the Texas Rangers are everything that we wanted to be. Everything that we wanted Jerry DePoto, our, our GM, to be. And so it's just it's just another sad year for the Seattle Mariners and the Seattle Mariner fan base and, and, and who the hell knows. But congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Corey Seager, you are fucking awesome. Love Corey Seager. My goodness, he's good. Just a winner. Just a winner. All right. Let's see. That's all I got about the Rangers. What am I gonna do? I, you know, I, I talk about the Rangers and I parlay it into a, you know, a poor me Mariner talk. So, hey, has anybody heard of Queen Renia? Queen Renia. Queen Queen Renia. She is the princess. Or she's excuse me, not the princess. She's the queen of Jordan. Okay, she's like fifty three years old. She's Kuwaiti born. She's obviously Muslim. She obviously has a different take on the whole Israel-Palestine conflict. And listen, I am not trying to side with the Palestinians against the Jews. My wife's Jewish. I pointed this out. God, I've got so many friends who are Jews. And the United States of America has been behind the the Jewish people for for 70-plus years. Okay? But as as my personal idol, Barack Obama, just, just pointed out, nobody's hands are clean. Okay, and and I just I and, and nobody should be censured in in the House of Representatives because they they spoke positively or or, or not positively negatively about the Jewish people or or, or the, the the state of Israel, not the people, not the people. Let me be clear there. No one should be censured for trying to be uh, give a balanced opinion, a balanced opinion. Okay, Machine Gun Taylor Green, take your fuck. My God, she's a piece of trash. Total fucking piece of trash. We've got an update. I don't think it'll happen this episode, but on her uh, por- amateur porno video. So she's th- her sides come back to us with a couple of uh, a couple of things they want written into the script. But this is ongoing. I feel like sometimes Machine Gun Taylor Green's fucking with me. But anyways, I digress. I'm talking about Israel and Palestine. Son of a gun here. Here, I want to play for you what Queen Renaya said just recently. Here, go ahead. The root cause of this conflict is an illegal occupation. It is uh, routine human rights abuses, uh, illegal settlements, uh, um, disregard to UN resolutions and international law. If we do not address these root causes, then you can kill the combatant, but you cannot kill the cause. Never mind that the evacuation orders are, are sent on, on, uh, online or, or on television, knowing that there is no elect- electricity in Gaza for the, since the beginning of this war. These evacuation orders, I do not believe, are for the benefit of the Gaza civilians. They are not the target audience. The rest of the world is. It is Israel's attempt to try to legitimize uh, their actions. And when it comes to human shields, I think we need to defer to international law. Of course, the use of human shields is criminal. But even if one side uh, puts a civilian in harm's way, that civilian is still entitled 
to full protection under international humanitarian law. That is the global standard and no nation is exempt. In a place like Jabalia, which is one of the most crowded uh, corners of Gaza, Gaza being one of the most densely populated spots on, on earth, civilian death is not uh, incidental, it is not accidental, it is a foregone conclusion and that makes it a war crime. Okay, okay. She talks about Israel's illegal occupation of Gaza. Illegal settlements. Violation of international law. Is all this true? Is some of it true? Is this, so th this, this is from the Muslim side of things. Queen Renaya seems like a, 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 a really interesting person. She makes an, a really good point. So, if we kill Hamas tomorrow, you just get rid of Hamas. Is the problem solved? I, I talked about J.D. Vance last week, talking about, well, he's for funding Israel because they have uh, you know, a, a, a clear, their mission is, they can execute their mission. They have a clear objective, he said. Queen Renaya here is telling you there is no clear objective. There is no winning. I would love to sit down with Queen Renaya and ask her, okay, I'm going to make you President of the United States for a day. And she might say, well, Nick, I can't probably get it done in a day. And I say, okay, can you, do you need three days, Queen? Do you need three days? Hell, I'll get you a week. I'll get you a week. You get to be President for a week, Queen. Okay? What would you do? You talked about illegal occupation, violation of international law by the state of Israel. Tell me, what would you do? Because I don't have a fucking clue. I know people who've lived over there, they don't have a clue. What would you do? And by the way, Queen Renaya of Jordan, you know, we, we have all these fantasy movies about queens and princes and, you know, all this shit. She is gorgeous. If there is, I mean, my goodness, we need to do a Disney movie on Queen Renaya. I'm not even kidding you, man. She is just, like, picture perfect. She's a champion of education in Jordan. Some of the initiatives that she champions, I mean, and, and, and she is just a champion of education. I, I've been reading her resume. It... it, it Go ahead, look her up. She is very well-spoken, very classy. I'm willing to listen to the, the Kuwaiti-born queen. So, And as Obama says, nobody's hands are clean. Oh my God, maybe we should kick Obama out of the country for saying that. Now, now I need to come back, and at some point, and maybe it's the next episode... And, and I, I need to speak from the Israeli perspective. Because, like, these fucking Hamas fighters, I mean, this is as, as, as awful as it gets in humanity. Th these, these fucking people, talk about, you know, they like to behead people. Talk about people who need to be beheaded. It's, uh, it's Hamas. It's Hamas. And maybe some Palestinians believe that too. But, but I, I need to be better about giving it from the Israeli perspective. Um... Maybe I'll, I'll bring my wife on the show and we can make out. We can talk about Israel. 
I'm probably not going to do that. And she's probably not going to agree to that. I don't know how that would fix anything. I'm again, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I just understand that Israel and Palestine. This is not. This is not political. This should not be really political in our country. This should be a time of education. Really educating ourselves on what this whole problem, what these two, you know, what these two are fighting. You know, you know, fighting over. There, there should be a period of enlightenment, and I bet we could come to consensus in this country. I bet we could come to consensus in the House. I bet we could come to consensus in the Senate. All right, this is that's depressing. And I, boy, I've spent—I can't believe—I've spent a lot of time talking about Israel and Palestine, and I, I spent a lot of time talking about it when I don't know much about it. So, yeah, I keep reading. I keep reading. I encourage you to do the same, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. So, all right. I have not talked, well, I, I'm going to talk boxing here for a second, okay? I'm going to talk about a specific fight, November the 16th, not the 25th with our house fighter, Nick the American's house fighter, David Benavides, who fights on the 25th, right after Thanksgiving on pay-per-view. Get that fight. He's fighting uh, Demetrius Andrade. It's going to be an excellent fight, but what I want to talk to you about is a Thursday night special on November 16th. I told you, if there's fights you should stay away from, I'll tell you, if there's fights you should flock to, I'm going to tell you that too. November 16th, it is a Thursday night treat on ESPN. You don't have to pay for it. It is on ESPN. Shakur Stevenson versus Edwin De Los Santos. Okay? Now, Shakur Stevenson... I believe, is the most talented fighter I have seen in my lifetime. Now, he's going to have to prove it. There will be some tough moments for him, surely, down the stretch in, in fights, championship rounds, where maybe he gets hit where he's never been hit. But Sha here's how I think of Shakur Stevenson. And, and I want all everybody who listens to Nick the American, everybody who listens to Nick the American to watch this fight. Shakur Stevenson, uh, here's how I think of him. Will he be undefeated this decade? Not is he going to be is going to win his next fighter's next fight. Is he going to be undefeated for the decade? And if I had to pick one fighter in the sport that would be undefeated for the decade, it's Shakur Stevenson. I don't believe Shakur Stevenson has lost a professional round. Shakur Stevenson cannot get guys to even mention his name or want to fight him. Then we have Devin Haney. I don't think Devin Haney wants any fucking part of Shakur Stevenson. Gervonta Davis, ladies and gentlemen. Gervonta Davis, the pay-per-view star. I don't think he has much of a shot against Shakur. He can't hit him. He can't hit him. He loses too many rounds. And so, on Thursday night, November 16th, at 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern time, Shakur Stevenson will step into the ring against a dude named Edwin De Los Santos. And I'm telling you, Shakur is proving he's not just a regular, regular, regular badass fighter. Edwin De Los Santos is not a fighter that anybody wants to tangle with. It's like sixteen and one with sixteen knockouts, sixteen and one with fifteen knockouts. Knocked out my boy Jose Valenzuela, El Rio, who's a great fighter. I love you, El Rio. De Los Santos is fast. He's mean, and he can punch. 
And Shakur says, yeah, I'll take him. No, And no one else will fight me. I, 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 I need to fight. No one else will fight me. None of the top guys want a part of me. And so, Shakur Stevenson, Edwin De Los Santos, November 16th, Thursday night. If you want to watch what I believe to be the best fighter I've ever seen, and he's still got a lot to prove, but I'm making this kind of prediction. It's Shakur Stevenson. Now, Edwin De Los Santos is crazy good. He's crazy mean. He's crazy nasty. He punches like a mule. We've not seen Shakur get hit. We've not seen Shakur uncomfortable in a ring as of yet. November 16th, it could happen. It could happen. I'm looking forward to it. So should you. There's your boxing talk. And by the way, by the way, again, this is another treat. November 25th, right after Thanksgiving, we get the Mexican monster, David Benavidez versus 32-0, Demetrius Andrade. So, good stuff on boxing. Good stuff. All right. One more thing to talk about here. A couple things to talk about. My high school football journey ended on Friday night against Cedar Crest. Cedar Crest. And we got smacked 34 to 7. We turned the ball over nine times. This was we were we were a better football team. We moved the ball all over the field. 40-yard run, 25-yard run, call back, fumble, nine nine turnovers. We had a, a wild, crazy opener against Bainbridge, and then to bookend it, this 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 closing game against Cedar Crest, the Wolves. It was it was a rough one. Hard to see the seniors go out like that. But throughout all the games, the 10 games we played, the wins, the losses, the tough losses, the amazing high of beating Liberty on their home field, all of that, the experience, whether it was whether whether you're going through a tough time or or or, or uh, you know an exuberant one, an awesome time, it was amazing. I'm so glad I did this. I'm so glad I did this. And we just had locker clean out yesterday, and I I made sure I wanted to go down and be a part of that. Uh, I wanted to see the boys one last time, and and we'll have a we have a banquet coming up, and so I'm excited about that. <clears throat> But it has been one, one, one of the highlights of my life to coach Jake and Matthew and Evan and Carter and Max and Devon and Vishon and Deshmon, the Three Stooges. And um, I, I, I'm going to miss, let's see here, who else is a senior? Benny. Benny Bradshaw, I mentioned his last name, our damn captain. We 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 got we got the greatest captain in the world, Benny, and 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 he uh, he dislocated. He's got a serious shoulder injury that he suffered in the in, in the very first game of the year, and he has popped this sucker back in and pasted himself and taped himself back together every single game. He's been out portions of every game, dealing with this shoulder, and he finds a way back into the game, back into the game. Benny, I got all the respect in the world for you, brother. I'll walk down an alley with you any day. The most respected kid on our football team, and I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. So, God, how many seniors did I potentially miss? I missed Aaron, Aaron, 
missed Andy. I'm 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 blanking here. I'm trying to think of some of the other. Oh, Save, Save, Save. There you go. I mentioned you too, buddy. But uh, anyways, very sad that it's ending. It's been it's been an absolute honor for me, and uh, I look forward to if they'll have me back coming back because uh, I'm going to be better as a football coach. But I don't. I, I've got a. I've got an, a 17 year old son named Carter, and uh, obviously I love him to death. Carter has played football since the time he was eight years old, and he played all the way up until his he did not come out for football his junior year, so last year. He did not play. Did it bug his dad? Sure. It probably bugged his mom even more. Okay. But uh, as I coached this year, Carter came back out and played football. He came back out his senior year. And to give you a little perspective, Carter's not a skill player. In term, and, and I don't mean that with any disrespect. He's not going to be a run. He's not a running back. He's not, you know, pass catcher, quarterback, anything like that. Carter's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. Well, this this tough guy of mine, my seventeen year old son, stands at five foot nine, one hundred and eighty pounds. Plays offensive guard, and he plays defensive end. And he started both ways of the ball, always on offense, most of the year on defense. And he. Some kids run a fast 40. Some kids are super strong. Some kids are athletic. Some kids can jump out of the gym. Some kids are super brainiac smart. My 17-year-old son Carter at 5'9", 180 pounds on the lines, who always manages to make plays. Superpower ever since he's been little. Ever since he's been little, I've seen it. And coaches have come up to me and told me this. Starting when he was eight, when he was nine, when he's ten. Carter, your superpower is your toughness. You are the toughest son of a bitch I know. And I mean that. You are the toughest kid on our football team. You're not the most talented. Son, listen to me. You can do anything you set your mind to. Because your superpower is you are fucking tougher than everybody else. My son Carter, he's he's quiet and he's humble almost to a fault. And I think at times in his football career he's been overlooked because of that. But he's a sleazy little player. He makes plays. Hey, I, I've got I've got a photo that I'll share with you. Carter's five foot nine, hundred eighty pounds, and he's going up against a kid named Dimitri from Bellevue High School, who's six eight, three sixty. Carter's locking horns with him. I'll share that picture with you because it highlights what 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 kind of heart he has. And so, Carter, like a, a bunch of seniors, is deciding what he's going to do with the rest of his life. He's going to go to college. He's going to go to the military. He's going to go to trade school. Is gonna to go to you know firefighting academy. What's he gonna do? But I just I want I, I want I want you to know, son, that your father, one obviously he loves the hell out of you, and he is so proud of you. But he recognizes your superpower. I always have, son. You are tougher than everybody else. I used to drive Carter, well, I 
driven Carter to football games since he was an eight-year-old little boy going out to Popkini Stadium at eight in the morning or, or, or whatever. And I used to play him a song to try to get him fired up. He was in, you know, eight years old, nine years old, ten years old. And, and he remembered, you know, before our last game, he was like, Dad, you should play that song. You should play that song. And the team was listening to rap music, and I didn't play it. But here's that song, Carter. I love you. You stay tough. And you will accomplish anything you want to. I love you. Hey, that's Nick the American 27. Take it out. Take it out with this awesome, awesome song. Reminds me of taking my eight-year-old son Carter to football games in the wee hours of the morning. Oh, I miss those days. Period and a chapter closed. Hey, until the next time, goodbye.